0: Welcome. You're listening to Sermons and Talks from Providence Church in Brisbane. We believe that God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. So we pray that as you listen, you'll be encouraged and challenged to love Jesus and live for him. For more information about Providence Church, please visit our website www.providencechurch.com.au. Let's read Proverbs chapter 1 verses 1 to 7 on page 438. Purpose and theme The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Father, we do thank you uh, for uh, just the opportunity to gather again as your church this Sunday, for us to be able to come and worship Jesus and know him. We, we thank you for your word that speaks to us, it's living and it's, it's a word that is for every generation. Uh, in every culture, and every person, uh, on this world, in this world, and so we pray, Lord, as we hear from uh, Your Word in Proverbs and think about wisdom, I pray that You will help us to apply it in our lives as well, uh, and to really want to live uh, a life that does honour You and honour Your name. We do pray for this in Your Son's name, Amen. Uh, I need your help for this first, uh, for my opening illustration. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, I got these quotes on the screen, and I want you to help me by guessing who these quotes are from. Right, the first one. What does it say? It says, believe in your flyness, conquer your shyness. Who do you think said that? Any guesses? This is an easy one. I put the easy one first. Who does this sound like? No no guesses? Uh, no, not Snoop Dogg. It's Kanye West. All right, That's something K- Kanye would say. The second one, these are, these are you can just, this is going to be hard, isn't it? I think it's going to be hard. Uh, you can't fly unless you let yourself fall. Justin Bieber. He's got a lot of wisdom for a young guy. Eat clean to stay fit, have a burger to stay sane. (laughs) Who do you think would say that? Well, actually, do you know who Gigi Hadid is? She's a model, famous model, Gigi Hadid. She said that, eat clean to stay fit, have a burger to stay sane. She eats burgers, FYI. Uh, Wit beyond measure is a man's greatest treasure. No, no. (laughs) Who reads Harry Potter? JK Rowling, so this is actually Rowena Ravenclaw, if you guys have read the books, she said this. It's from the Harry Potter books. Whip Beyond Measure, it sounds good though, isn't it? Whip, oh wow, I do, Whip Beyond Measure is a Men's Great show. Okay, Don't compare yourself with other people, compare yourself with who you were yesterday. Now this is, uh, uh, we have a lot of people here who, who read his books, it's Jordan Peterson. Uh, he said this uh, in a quote, one of his quotes, right? Now, you read all those, and they all sound good, don't they? I mean, eat clean and stay fit, have a burger. I mean, that sounds good. There's a lot of wisdom there. All right, singers, model, a model there, an author, a psychology professor, Jordan Peterson's a psychology professor and author. You know, they, they all have a lot of followers. They're people that we'd want to listen to. They're people who we'd go for, not necessarily go for, <laughs> go to for advice, but they're people who give advice, who give wisdom for life. And I'm not going to lie, there are some good gems in there, right? Some good gems about how we should live and how, what wise living looks like. But isn't this where our world is getting our wisdom from? From celebrities, from viral social media accounts, people who just put up their graphics and say, you know, and, and have these feel good quotes that sound good and feel good, so, oh, it must be good. I mean, these guys who have thousands of followers, these people who, uh, who, who are successful in life, these quotes are. Oh, you know, these quotes of positivity and all that, it must be good. Pick yourself up and try again. Yeah, it feels good. Sounds good. Must be good. And for many of us, this is where we're going for wisdom. Uh, to these successful celebrities who have had these experiences in life and are apparently more wiser and no more than the average human being, but is that necessarily true? Where are you seeking wisdom from? When you're asking those questions, what career path should you take? Or who should you marry? Or how can you love your spouse better? Or how do you best use your money? Who are you going to for wisdom? Don't we want wisdom in all those issues? And while there are some great books on, on self-help out there and in self-empowerment and, and authors like Jordan Peterson, I, I also think we need to learn to figure it out for ourselves. Where does wisdom even begin? Because at the heart of it, the, the quotes we read, the self-help books, uh, the successful celebrities, all of them are still just flawed human beings like you and I trying to figure out how to do life as well. They just have the microphone and the platform to voice it. What if we could go to the source of wisdom itself and learn how to live well and live a life of wisdom? And so as I said, we're doing this for the next three weeks. We're going to spend time in the Proverbs. Uh, We're going to have a taste, really just a taste of what the Proverbs has to offer. And so this week we're going to understand, we'll tackle this idea of where do we go for wisdom? The concept of wisdom itself where it begins. Next week we're going to uh, see how uh, how we can make wise decisions. I think that's really important F- for many of you guys are always asking what should I do with my life. It's wise decision making. The third week we're going to look at uh, the topic of friendships, wisdom in friendships. That comes up a lot in Proverbs as well. Uh, and, and for us who are, you know, when we grow older, I don't know if you, this is your experience, but as you grow older, your friendship groups shrink a little bit because you get busier and life gets busier and so how do we approach friendships uh, in our generation, right? They're all very applicable topics I think, relevant for every generation, but before I go on, let's, uh, let's remember that the Proverbs themselves, it, it is the Word of God, it, they're not necessarily uh, meant to be set out as a bunch of just random topics that you, know, you put on, a, on your a fridge magnet or something like that to make yourself you know, feel good each morning. Uh, there's actually a structure to this book as well. If you read through the Proverbs, and I do encourage you to do that throughout January if you can, uh, 31 Proverbs, you know, maybe you want to read a proverb a day, uh, but there's a structure to the book. From chapters 1 to 9, it's written like lectures from a father to a son. You go past chapter 9 and you start getting all those uh, you know, one-off sayings. You know, so chapter 10 to 31, you get all those one-off sayings, why sayings. Uh, but uh, towards the end, especially 31, it's written like a poem as well about lady wisdom. Really interesting. So if you get through the whole of Proverbs, that's what you'll discover. There is a, there is a structure to it. Um, but why do we need wisdom? That's what we want to find out today. Let's get into this. Uh, verse 1 to 3, let's read it again. So have your Bibles open. You can follow along with me. Verse 1 to 3 of Proverbs 1 says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. Let's unpack this first. Solomon, who's that? He was a great king of Israel in the Old Testament. He was the son of King David. You might know David from David and Goliath, that story. But Solomon was King David's son. He was the next king in life for Israel. Israel were God's people, uh, especially in the Old Testament. Now, when they became uh, king, he was a, a great king, Solomon. In his early life, he loved God. He lived by God's laws. So one day he was uh, making sacrifices to God and God actually shows up to him in his dreams and, and says to Solomon, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. That's what he says to Solomon. Now, if God shows up in your dream and he asks you, you know, what do you want in life? Man, isn't the, the, our first thoughts to think, oh, I want to be able to retire early. I want to be able to find the woman of my dreams. I want to be able to I don't know, have power, reputation, success, whatever it might be. But what does Solomon come with? You can read about this in 1 Kings chapter 3 if you want to follow this story. But Solomon answers and says this. He says, I'm your servant. You've given me this great nation to take care of. Give me a heart of wisdom. Give me a heart of discernment to understand right from wrong to govern your people. How amazing is that? This guy's a young king at the time and he's not asking for sex money power. He's asking for wisdom. And God grants him with wisdom. I wonder if anyone, any one of us would ask for that as if God asked you for anything. Would, he, would you ask for wisdom? Now, in the Old Testament, we have these books that are we call wisdom literature. A couple of years ago, at Providence, if you've been around Providence, in 2020, we went through the book of Ecclesiastes. That's one of the wisdom books in the Bible, wisdom literature. Uh, there's Job as well, and Song of Songs, which was written by Solomon too. Uh, and so we have this book, a collection of lectures and short sayings known as Proverbs, written by Solomon. But for what purpose? Verse 2 says, to gain wisdom and instruction. Now, when you define wisdom, how would you define it? It's not just about head knowledge, is it? It's actually about understanding how to apply the knowledge to our hearts and how we live in this world. That's what wisdom looks like. It's actually living out the knowledge that we have about instruction on how we behave. So we can, what does it say? Behave, uh, what is, uh, pursue what is right and just and fair. Integrity, justice, righteousness. Living wisely uh, uh, is, is a life under God in God's world. We need wisdom on how to live this way the way God designed it. We need wisdom so we can live a, a flourishing life, a thriving life, and make decisions and, and choices that fit within the world that God created. And, and it's not just for our benefit to have wisdom, but for those around us too to create a harmonious society for us to live in. Now, I feel like this is all common sense, isn't it? Right? We all, I think all of us here, want to live a life that's fulfilling, a, a life um, that's, that's thriving and flourishing, uh, it's, it's no wonder that the, the shelves in our, in our bookstores are, are packed with self-help books. There's a, the section in self-help is so big now. Every year, there's a new book for some reason because we can't get enough of it. We, we can't find the answers, so people keep writing books on it. You know, or we go to our parents and we ask for, for, for advice from them because we don't know what choices to make with our lives. We, we're all looking for wisdom, aren't we? Uh, that's common sense in the world, right? Uh, God knows, though, as human beings living on this earth, we need wisdom, and so who better to give it than King Solomon, who granted, who was granted God's wisdom, who's now written a book of proverbs of God's wisdom for us. But here's the thing we need to understand. These are words of wisdom, yes? But they're also just principles to life as well. You know, often uh, with proverbs in general, even like proverbs in the English language, uh, they're wise sayings, but they're not always true. They're generally true, but not always true, right? Can you think of ones uh, that you grew up listening to, proverbs that you were told when you were young? I remember as a kid, uh, adults used to always say to me, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. But I'm so sure that there are people who do eat apples every day and still get sick, all right? They have to go to the doctors. I mean, if an apple a day really meant that I never got sick, wouldn't we all be eating apples every single day? All right, people would be onto this. Uh, All that good things come to those who wait. You've heard that? But honestly, mm, good things happen to those who don't wait, too. (laughs) It's better to be safe than sorry. Uh, But what if I was safe and I still end up sorry? I discovered there's a bunch of um, everyday sayings that actually contradict each other as well. People say you're never too old to learn new things. But they also say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, The early bird catches the worm, but you know, and my mum used to always say this because I always slept in. Mikey, the early bird catches... Uh, she didn't call me Mikey. You know, but the early bird catches the worm. But then there's this other saying where it says, you know, the second mouse catches the cheese because the first mouse, you know, dies. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, so, mm, I, you know, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Oh, man, I like this one because, you know, I was always all about that life. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, but, you know... There's also that thing where you go for job interviews and they say, you know, dress to impress or, you know, clothes make the man. I don't know if you've heard that saying before. Yeah, don't judge your book by its cover, but you still got to dress nicely to impress people. We're going to see that in Proverbs too at times. There's always going to be uh, times where the Proverbs will say something, but it's not necessarily always true. They're guidelines. They're good things still to live by and the good things that God has designed for us to live by, right? And so, uh, as we heard in Ecclesiastes a couple of years ago, Ecclesiastes gives a more uh, realistic approach to life, but Proverbs gives a more general approach to life on how we have wisdom in this world. I'll give you an example of Proverbs uh, 22, verse 6. I have this here. It says, uh, it talks about raising your children on the right path when they're old, and when they're older, they won't turn away from the right path. Now, that's generally good, right? Raise your children on the right path. We should all do that. But that's not going to always be true. You can raise them well, but still, they'll still, they still might rebel. They still might go down a destructive path. That might still happen. The proverbs are there as general guidance, general uh, wise living. They're not the promises, but they're uh, advice for how we live in this world. Proverbs two, verse two, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight receiving instruction in prudent, which is like cautious behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. That's why we need wisdom. But secondly, who is it for? Verse 4 says, For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. It says those who are simple and young. I mean, simple might be better translated as inexperienced here, but those who are inexperienced and young. Uh, because the reality is when we're young, we are inexperienced. Kids don't know much, right? We have kids here, and I love having kids with us, but we have to teach our kids, don't we? When you become parents, a lot of you, there are parents here in the room, but for those who aren't parents, when you have kids, you have to teach them. Uh, Proverbs 22:15 says folly is bound up in the heart of a child and that's not saying children are stupid they're not trying to say that it's trying to say it's w- kids don't have wisdom yet they're still learning they still need that guidance that advice they need to know what is right from wrong what is uh, what is good and what is disastrous uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news of this last week this is random news actually but uh, I heard about Alexa, you know, the Amazon Home device that you can have at home, like Siri and like Google Home. Alexa, uh, a child asked Alexa for a challenge to do. And Alexa told the child to plug in a phone charger about halfway into a wall outlet, then touch a coin to the exposed prongs. Alexa told the child to do that. And apparently, this was a TikTok challenge. Online as viral, as to cause electric shocks and to do something, it's really stupid, it's dangerous. But that's what Alexa did. It went online, found this challenge and told the child to do it. Now the child was wise enough not to but isn't that what we have to do? We have to teach our kids what is good and what is not good, right? And that's why we have, if you are a parent of a young child, you'll get these little plastic things and you'll stick them into every PowerPoint around the house so the kids won't stick things into PowerPoints. We have to teach them. Now most of us aren't, children here where there's a lot of young adults in the room and I was having a conversation with Hardy the other day and thinking about this. We're in our 30s now and we were thinking actually I actually feel more wiser in my 30s than I was in my 20s. Uh, and I know for a lot of you guys in your 20s you're thinking Mikey what are you talking about? I know everything. I know everything. There is to, you know uh, and you want to prove to the world how mature you are. I, I was there okay. I was there once too. When I, was, I thought I knew everything. Our Teenagers do this as well. But the truth is we are inexperienced even in our 20s. Right? We think if I just travel the world, if I go to Europe and have a solo adventure on my world, I'll get experience and I'll grow up, I'll mature. But is that necessarily the case? If I live out of home and be independent, will I really be, uh, will I have more, wi- you, you will, you will have more wisdom, but will I be wise? You know, I think there's so much more to life than just those experiences. There's also heartbreak and grief and loss about, it's like life is about making mistakes and struggling, about joy as well and ambitions and achievements going through all those experiences and getting through them and navigating through them and coming out on the other other end. I can definitely say I'm a lot more wiser than I am in my 30s than I was in my 20s. I know myself better. And, And that's what the Proverbs intend to bring to you for the young, it says, to bring wisdom to life, to pass on experience and wisdom from one generation to the next, something we all need. And I'm so sure in the room right now there are people here that are older than I am and you're, they're thinking, Mikey, man, you're still inexperienced. And they're 100% right. right? They're, I still need wisdom, even in my 30s. Right? I, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like to, to raise a teenage daughter and I'm going to have to do that one day. Wow, I'm, ne- I'm going to need a lot of wisdom on that. And if you have done that before, I'm going to come to you and ask you, how do I raise a teenage daughter? And I should, we all should be continuing to seek wisdom from God and others as we grow old. Let's be humbly to accept that we need wisdom. Because even if you're older than me too, you're not off the hook. Solomon says it here in Proverbs uh, verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. If you think you're wise because you're old, well, you and I should never stop learning. Never stop growing. Never think we need more wisdom in life. No matter how old you are, we can never be wise enough. And, and God calls us to have that humble disposition, to be a student for life, always learning, always growing in discernment, to keep seeking wisdom. Right? It's, it's, it's a whole lifetime thing, not just a one-off. Not, oh, I've got wisdom now; I can tick that off. I'm done. Right? And, and, you know, the reality is every generation changes. We need wisdom in every generation. Right? Confucius, or the Dalai Lama, or, or Yoda, even. Right? Whoever else you think is a wise old person. They might have lots of wisdom that comes from age and life experience, sure, but they don't have complete wisdom still. Wisdom is needed for all people. Why do we need wisdom? Who's it for? Lastly, how do we get it then? Verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, the foundation of wisdom begins with knowledge. It begins with fear of the Lord. When we hear about fear, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? When you hear, what do you fear? Uh, I was talking to Sean, and Sean is on guitar, and she fears frogs. Right, so don't say frog around her; she'll get chills, and she's probably cringing right now, just thinking about frogs. But what about you? Spiders, snakes, heights, public speaking—man, I know a lot of you guys fear public speaking here. but sending a message to a girl and being left on scene—that's that, a lot of fear there. We often hear these words "fear" a- and "God" in the same sentence, and we instantly think of this angry God who will punish us. Fear God, OK, so should I be afraid of God? Is that what this means here? I don't know what kind of household you grew up in, but from, from, maybe for you and for me, you know, there's a fear from our parents whenever you disobeyed them. They gonna, they're going to get the cane out, the fly swatter. I, I had a slipper. You know That's what's going to happen. That fear. And, and so we project this onto God, we're terror. we're scared of God. Fear God means I should be afraid of Him and His wrath. If I'm obedient, though, I won't get punished. I won't get struck by lightning. I won't have bad karma, whatever you've been taught to believe. That's not the fear of the Lord mentioned here. It's not about being terrified and afraid of God. If you're afraid of God, then you'll have wisdom. No, that's not what it's saying. It means to acknowledge Him for who He is. Fear of the Lord is to understand that He is a powerful, perfect, uh, a ruler, the judge of the world. There's a healthy fear that comes from an awe and reverence. When you stand before something so grand and majestic, and you feel so small, we should feel a, f- a fear. If you stood before God, we'd all feel it, but not one where we're going to cower and run away if we know God. Uh, the best illustration I've heard is uh, is, is is from a book uh, or the movie, The Lion, The Witch in the Wardrobe. Do you guys know that book? C.S. Lewis, Narnia series. If you haven't, that's okay as well. Um, but... Uh, a little girl, Susan, she goes out into this fantasy world, Narnia. Uh, there are talking animals there. And uh, the Mr. Beaver is talking to Susan about Aslan. Aslan is like the, the king of, the, uh, of, of all the animals there. He's a, he's a lion, right? So Mr. Beaver is talking uh, to Susan and says, Aslan is a lion, the lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. I... I thought he was a man. Is he, is he quite safe? I, I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, Mr. Beaver said. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. He isn't safe, but he's good. Right, God, I know for, for many, who think he's, we think he's some soft bunny rabbit, right? Some chummy, soft bunny rabbit we can put our arms around and then just, oh, I have God, I can embrace him. But if we stood before god would feel a little nervous i think standing before his greatness and majesty the judge and the rule of the universe i don't think we'll feel safe but the bible says he's good the bible says we can trust him he's kind and he's slow to anger and he's abounding in love that's the god of the bible When it says fear of the Lord, it's the respect and awe that's deserving of who he is. Acknowledging that he is God, that he created the world, he created you and I. He's the king. And to know him as God is to fear him in reverence and awe. Now when that happens, when we acknowledge him as God, it comes with dependence and trust and obedience too. Uh, I don't know if I have this on the screen, but Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 says this. It says, Trust in the law with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. The wisdom of Proverbs says to trust this God, the one that we also fear. The search for wisdom begins with a relationship with God, one that trusts and depends on him. We want wisdom to figure out life and how best and, and how to be the best person we can be and make the right choices in life. But it begins with knowing the one who created us, a relationship with God himself, who is the source of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of understanding, the beginning of wisdom. Now, the alternative to f- is, is foolishness, foolishness, Proverbs says. To reject the Lord is to reject wisdom from the one who created and designed it. And doesn't this all make sense? When we come uh, to God as creator, we see a God who set the world into motion. A God who puts everything in its right place. When we come to God as creator, we see that we see the world in a whole different way. There is so much complexity, right? Even in the food chain alone, right? In photosynthesis, even in the human body, there's so much complexity. Yet God has created it all so that the world turns with the tides and the sun and everything is sustained so harmoniously. Why hasn't the sky crashed in yet? Because God has created it in a way for it to keep, to keep moving. He sustains it. He constantly uh, maintains it. If God is the creator, doesn't it make sense that he knows the rules and the principles by which we should also live by in this world that he created? Imagine a game of basketball where you're playing, but you decide instead you want to tackle each other to the ground and kick the basketball. Would that be basketball anymore? It'd be chaos, wouldn't it? But to have a good game of basketball is to stay within the rules of basketball. When you go to Proverbs chapter 8, I think I've got this on the screen, Proverbs chapter 8 says this, The Lord brought me forth, talking about wisdom here, the the Lord brought wisdom forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be, when there were no watery depths, I was given birth, when there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills I was given birth, before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Wisdom was there. God created the world in wisdom. He's the designer, the architect, the builder. He put all the right foundations down, so it's not by random chance that everything works so seamlessly. There's an order. There's an order to creation. And so even wisdom... These rules, it's for how things are meant to be. And when we live by the rules of the, ga- the game, by these boundaries, don't we enjoy it so much more. Knowing how we can thrive in it. Like, it sucks to play a game, right? And you don't know what you're doing. It sucks to play a board game and, and you don't understand the rules. But what if the game of life came with a set of instructions? Isn't that what the Proverbs really do for us? Wisdom on how to live in this world under this creator God. But he's not just a creator God too. What we discover, even in the short phrase, fear of the Lord, we discover that he's also a covenant God. Creator and a covenant God. He makes promises to his people and he's faithful to his promises. Why do I say this? Because you see in your Bibles that, that, that word Lord, L-O-R-D, it's in small caps, right? It's in caps locks, right? And so there's this reference there when every time you see that, it's a reference for Israel, for the Old Testament, as you're reading this, it's his personal name that he gives to his people. You can go back to Exodus chapter six for this. And you read it in your own time. But in there, uh, in Exodus, we know that Israel was under slavery under Egypt, right? And Israel was going to be freed from Pharaoh and is- in, uh, and and uh, Egypt. And at that moment, God says to his people, "My name is Yah. I am Yahweh. That's his name." It's a name that denotes his covenant. He's a creator and covenant God. It's, it's, it's not just the fear of your creator God, it's the fear of the covenant God, the good, gracious, compassionate God who rescues you from slavery and ultimately rescues you and I from sin. The fear of the Lord is the fear of the creator and covenant God. Now, for us as Christians, we're not Israel, are we? We're not living in Old Testament times. But we're Christians and we know Christ. We know Jesus has come to die on the cross for us. Yahweh himself, God himself, hasn't he shown us himself through the Lord Jesus? Colossians chapter 1, if you go to the New Testament, it says this in verse 15 to 17. I've got it on the screen. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. You, we read that, and don't we realize something here? Isn't Jesus the creator God we know? Like wisdom itself, wasn't Jesus there at creation forming the world, creating the world, designing it, building it? It's through him that the world is maintained and sustained. He holds it all together, it says. So when we hear the name of Yahweh, what do we remember? We remember the promise that he'll rescue not, his people, uh, not just his people from slavery in Egypt, but that Yahweh will rescue his creation from sin and death itself. And what we see as we follow the timeline of the Bible, the big picture, the redemption story, is those promises that he gives to his people, the covenant that God gives, is that he'll save his people from sin. Wasn't that fulfilled in Jesus? Didn't Jesus come to die and take the sin of humanity with him? to conquer death in his resurrection so that we could be rescued from the slavery of sin through faith in him a relationship that's restored now to god one of trust and dependence just like proverbs 3 told us because of what jesus accomplished on our behalf trust in the lord lean in on him for understanding yahweh is a covenant god who shows us his faithfulness in the person of jesus his son See, when we take the big picture of the whole Bible and that whole redemption story, this idea the fear of the Lord for us, what does it mean? It actually means trusting Jesus, doesn't it? The fear of the Lord, trusting Jesus, that's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. To stand in awe and reverence of Jesus as the one who rescues us, who fulfills the covenant and promises of God. So we heard that wisdom is a desire. It's a needed pursuit in life, right? We heard wisdom should be sought after for all ages and to find wisdom is with the fear of the Lord. It begins with fear of the Lord, which looks like trusting Jesus. That's what we're going to find. Have you, have you found that to be true of your story? If you're a Christian in the room, have you found that to be true of your story in your search for wisdom? I know many people, right, who, who seek after wisdom and they, they trawl through books and science and philosophy, religion, psychology, history, Wikipedia, whatever, the internet all good things to do. We, we, there is a lot of gems out there that give us good wisdom. Like we've got to understand how the world works. Yes, that's all good things. It can be helpful to, to listen to our parents who've had experiences that we haven't had before. The self-help books do are sometimes helpful. And I believe in through all those things around us, we see God's fingerprints in them. When those authors and pop psychologists try to make sense of the world. But the very heart of it they're gonna fall short ultimately. They won't answer the, the question about why we have a heart uh, that, that perhaps desires love so much. Why do we feel so insecure even when we have everything we need in life? Why do we feel so lost even though we have, uh, we've, we've studied so long degrees, we have a career, we have relationships, we have entertainment at our fingertips, why do we feel so lost? Our humanity is on an endless search for, for wisdom. And in in looking for wisdom, we, we want freedom, we want security, and we want love, don't we? And while people might be able to give you answers that satisfy for a season, times change, and peoples change, and our hearts change, and no one person has all the answers. But what if we could make sense of the world through the lens of the gospel, through a relationship with Jesus himself, who embodies that unique wisdom that only God possesses? Wisdom begins with a relationship, a relationship with Jesus. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because when we know and trust God, we put our faith in Him. We discover, uh, and I'm, I've met many Christians, right? And when you, dis- when, you, when, you, when you become a Christian, life does change. And I, I've met people, uh, I've, uh, people who, whose lives are, are shaped around Him by goodness, by kindness, by generosity, by love, by joy, because they have made sense of the world around them as God designed the world to be. Now, I don't want to say Christians are always happy. They're not. Sometimes there are very sad moments in life, but their lives do change. And many thrive and flourish because we can make sense of the world around us now under God. Because when we trust Christ, we find order to the, to the tumultuous world around us. It comes to a heart that knows security and freedom and deep joy that only God can give. Without the fear of the Lord, we're left in chaos, in confusion, and anxious and lost. You'll go through life feeling so uncertain about the decisions you make, your identity, your purpose, your meaning. The existential crisis is real. But in Christ, you'll find the deep peace, the deep comfort our hearts need, no matter how deep the pit is that you find yourself in. Wisdom begins with a relationship. but You know what? It also ends uh, with Jesus too. It's a goal of wisdom as well. In Proverbs 2 verse 5, It says, if you seek out wisdom, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. If you seek out wisdom, you will find the knowledge of God. You will know God. uh, 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 Is that what we want? Do we want to know God and have a relationship with him? Because that's what wisdom will bring us. And as we start 2022 together, right, this is the new year. We're ushering in the new year. We've got New Year's resolutions. Some of you guys do that. Where will you begin? Will you be seeking wisdom to navigate this year? Will you begin with God, reading the scriptures, in prayer, and trusting Jesus our Lord? We don't know what the year is going to bring us, but I'm so sure so many of us are going into this year with a bit of caution, aren't we? After the last couple of years of the train wreck of you know, 2021. But let's seek out wisdom at the cross of Christ. Let's walk with Him. Let's love Him. Let's obey Him. Let's put our faith in Him. And we'll soon discover that God is, is like a lighthouse that will guide our way. That trusting Jesus will put you on the right path in this world as narrow as it might seem and for those of us who have yet to start this relationship with Jesus let me invite you you can start today it will be the wisest decision you make let's pray father as we get into proverbs let's i pray that you'll help us to keep remembering uh, who you are lord that you are the creator god and the covenant god a God who is faithful to his promises, and we see that in Christ. We're so thankful for Jesus, Lord, who did come to show us who you are, to die and uh, to be raised again, to, to take our sin away, for, to take the sin of humanity away so that we could have life with you. I do pray, Lord, that that, that knowledge of who you are, that the fear of the Lord, Lord, will, will be in our hearts so that we can, uh, we can pursue wisdom uh, knowing that you, you uh, light, light, our, uh, light our path that you've planned our, our, our journey already. And we pray that we'll walk in step with you, Lord, in step with the Spirit, so that we can honor you in this life, so we can live with purpose and meaning, knowing that it's in you and it's in Christ that that's where wisdom is going to be found. Let us start there and let us end there as well as we, as we do this, this journey of life. We do pray for this, Lord, in your Son's name. Amen.